What up, young slumlords and ladies? This is Jake Lapp, and welcome to the Young Slumlords Podcast, where me and Caleb Henshaw talk our shiz and hopefully help spark the idea for finding your financial independence in this paycheck-to-paycheck world. Thanks for coming on the show, for sure. You know, it's, it's really cool to have different perspectives on, especially someone more in the real estate-focused business, like where you're actively dealing yeah. with people, getting them houses. You know, it's a lot a lot of a higher-up perspective on the real estate investment than just, you know, being in the deal yourself. You know, you only do so many deals yourself, you know, unless you're, like, yeah, really yeah. up there. So, yeah, it's, it's really cool to have you on. So, yeah, definitely give us a rundown. Give us your background on how you got started, and that would be really cool. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I think like a lot of people came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that kind of kick started for me. Um, my story with that is uh, we were actually visiting friends and uh, I was down in the Carolinas as a Marine. So we we're at one of the Marine bases or local to one. And ironically, a kid just came out of nowhere. I had no idea who this kid was. Just a friend of a friend. And he's just talking about this Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. I'm like, what is this crap? What is it? You know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't think much of it. But uh, then I kind of stumbled across Bigger Pockets, and this is oh man, back in like 2012, around that time frame, and uh, I kept hearing the book again. I was like, "Rich Dad, Poor Dad," so I'm like, "Okay, I gotta go check this thing out." So I picked up the book, read it, and yeah, it's all history. You know, you just kind of parlayed from one thing to the next. Um, I started getting hooked at like, okay, I need to find investment properties. Um, you know, I wasn't huge in the stocks, um, ironically. My dad, he was he's very much in the stock market. He loves that. That's his uh, forte. That's what he specializes in. That's what he likes. It worked out well for him. But um, I just like that idea that you know real estate is something you have more control of yourself. You can kind of dictate what's going to happen. Um, you know, force the appreciation. It's more. It's a lot more hands on. So, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yes. Right there. Yep. So I I correlated with that. You know, I had a nice you know, meaning to, to everything that was going on with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, really started focusing on real estate investing. So what was um, going on at your life? What was going on in your life at this point? Like, what were you doing for work? Like, how was your family situation looking like? That backstory too. This is really young. So my wife and I were engaged at that time. Um, kids weren't in the picture yet when I start, first started diving deep into real estate and trying to get my mind around it, you know, I was all over the place. Was I going to be a wholesaler? Was I going to be a realtor? Was it, you know, what was I going to do? Was I do fix and flips? Um, so that part of the story, yeah, it's really early on. We didn't have much, it was just work and, uh, you know, saving every penny, making sure we're making smart financial decisions, not overspending. Um, you know, went on a couple of vacations here and there for fun type of stuff, but really nothing elaborate. You know, we weren't ever into like fancy things or anything like that. What um, were you doing for work? So, oh, I don't know if you heard that. Those are my dogs. <laughs> Two sheep eaters. I got four kids. We'll, we'll come to the story later. <laughs> um, for work? Yeah, I was installing floors. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah. I, and I always just like to mention that because it's like, I'm not some financial guru. I'm not from Wall Street. I'm not from, you know, I'm an everyday person here that literally installed floors to purchase multifamilies. I'm sure all your rentals got some really nice flooring in them then. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once you got um like kind of like brought onto the process, you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, you saw how successful it can be building your wealth. What were your next steps there? Like how did you take the dive? Yeah. So um started doing more research. At that point, um, you know, we and my wife kind of made the decision we got we got married. And then we were out looking for houses. Um, I got my real estate license around the same time. And uh, from there, you know, so as, as a realtor, one of the main reasons I got my license is because I, it was difficult connecting with realtors that kind of understood investing. Not that I did by any means at the time. And I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later as well, because my first deal, um, it was a blessing for what we learned, but <laughs> it was just not a deal at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so... You know, we're, we're doing that. We're kind of, um, we're getting our license, getting married. That all happens. And then we go find our investment property, you know. And <laughs> we would end up being a single family in North Jersey, which, um, you know, if you're familiar with the state, we got we have high taxes. It's not a rumor. It's, it's the truth. Um, found out the hard way that it really is difficult to 
keep a single family as a buy and hold investment. And, um, you know, diving deeper onto the forums on bigger pockets, I ended up meeting up with some more people on there that introduced me to systems and models that are successful for investing. So we ended up going towards the multifamily route. Um, so at this point, we have a single family. Our first son is born. And, uh, you know, we're kind of renovating the property just to get a little bit of equity into it so we can sell it and eventually move out and buy a multifamily. That's cool. So when when you sold it then, did, was it a bad deal? Did you lose money on it or did you break even? Did you make money? How, how was that first that first yeah, year? Good question. Uh, so well, this, is how, this is how much of a newbie we were. I can't give you the exact number because we weren't tracking anything. <laughs> so we weren't at that level yet. We knew like not to spend money and go crazy, but uh, we still weren't at that level of like, hey, let's track everything we do. Um, so I don't have the exact numbers. I do know that we walked away with liquid cash, which was awesome. Um, we did acquire a tenant during that deal. It was a friend of ours. So our very first tenant, we had um, a buddy living in one of the bedrooms, uh, you know, a good friend of ours. So we had a little bit of money coming in there. And then most of the work we did ourselves. We nice. did a lot of renovating. Um, that's really where our, my first bathroom renovation was. Uh, first kind of half kitchen, I should say. We didn't do like a full gut or anything, but, you know, painted the cabinets, new countertops, new backsplash, and then uh, another bathroom upstairs in that property. And yes, we put some flooring in. <laughs> so um, all in all, we walked away with about $25,000 liquid cash. Um, but, you know, when you run the numbers on that, you're still paying a mortgage predominantly out of our pocket. Uh, we're still putting money into the renovations. Um, maybe yeah, if you want to correlate time spent doing stuff. But, of course, yeah. Um, yeah. So probably all in all break even, I would say. But, it, you know, it was just it was nice in a learning experience, getting our heads around like this is what it's going to take, um, getting the mindset of it all. And then, um, yeah, having that liquid cash. Absolutely. Possible. So then going back, you you introduced me to Darren, who yeah. is a, a guest on Bigger Pockets, one of their earlier episodes that, you know, really like it was one of the first ones that like I saved when I started doing that because it was like duplexes and small multifamily yeah. like that's for me. And, you know, he's talking about North Jersey, which is right by oh. not too far from us. So it wasn't like this far out thing and I, I remember listening to that is was he involved in in your process in the beginning stages at all there or did you guys meet later oh all the way he, he's been a major influence in my life uh darren sager uh absolutely influential he was definitely one of the first people on mountain bigger pockets introduced me to the strategy really put it into a perspective to gain clarity so we had a path in our heads of where to go um how to make this work so, um, yes, he, he's been there. He still is today, you know, someone I go to. I was actually just at one of his properties over the weekend. Um, so major influence and uh, definitely someone that I look up to in the real estate world and on bigger pockets. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, so once you got that first deal out and you got 25 Gs in your pocket, liquid, what did you um, use? What did you go after that? Like, what were the next steps? Hawaii, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, somewhere around, you know, like 25 K, something like that. I don't want to say the wrong number, but it's around there just to, in case someone's fact checking me. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we moved back in with my parents. So we had one kid at that moment, my first son, um, my wife was pregnant at the time. Wow. So second was on the way. And, uh, that's kind of my message, you know, especially on bigger pockets in the forums is, uh, we started getting our mind around all this kind of stuff and we want, we, there's a lot of limiting beliefs out there. Like you can't invest with kids, mm -hmm. do it before you have children, you know, whatever it is. Like, it's just, it's not smart. Or maybe it's true, but at the end of the day, you can do it. And I always want to make that clear that no matter your scenario, not just kids, no matter your scenario, you can do this. We just happened to do it with four kids and two dogs. Um, we started with two, two children. We had our third, <laughs> And we literally had our fourth and our second property. So, I mean, wow. there's pregnancies, there's a lot going on. It's not just like four kids come and go, like my wife moving around pregnant and stuff like that. Not easy, um, but she was committed. So um, there's a lot to dive into with that. Um, Were you working full time during that process of doing the investing and having the, oh, yeah. four, the kids? That's crazy, man. That's yeah. still you... installing floors. Oh, yeah. Yep. At that time, I was definitely installing floors. Um, 
So by the time we got our first official investment property, our first multifamily, I was installing, but more so project managing, but you know, still 7 a.m. to 3.30, some days in New York City, some days wow. South Jersey. I mean, I, I was commuting anywhere from Philadelphia to uh, West Point, New York, which is uh, pretty far, you know, yeah. pretty, but far up there. So wide range. Yeah, so I guess maybe backtracking a little bit. We sold the single family, moved back in my parents, my wife pregnant. We close on our first multifamily, which ends up being a duplex in uh, Union County, New Jersey, about 35 minutes west of New York City. And um, my son was born that week. Wow, nice. I always forget if it's before or after, but it, you know, so it's just to get a perception of everything, you know, uh, got like a lot going on, but um, you know, we found a way to make it work. My wife was on board, which is huge. You know, if you have a spouse, whoever it is, you gotta make sure they're on board because uh, if she wasn't, none of this would be possible. We had a whole know? episode on, on <laughs> yeah, the, the importance <laughs> of that because it, it is yeah. like one of the biggest things. Um, I'm sure you could talk for days on that subject yeah. alone. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, so much easier and like, you know, I have to you know have a fight, like you do one thing wrong because mistakes are gonna happen. Yep. You know, anyone listening to this, if you think it's just going to be smooth sailing, you're absolutely wrong. Mistakes will happen. It's just whether whatever you make of them, you know, you can learn from them, make sure they don't happen again, or you could call it a failure and go quit. You know, that's your choice. But uh, I'm out here to say mistakes are going to happen. And if you've got someone that's not backing you up, those mistakes are a lot worse. So get them on board. And you'll figure it out together and you'll look back at it and say, wow, that, that wasn't a mistake at all. That was actually a miracle. And now yeah. I'm going to teach my clients, for example, what happened to me. And it might not be smart if you do that. So, <laughs> so with, not the, really mistakes. with this first multifamily, you know, what were they asking? What, what were you, what was your thought process? And like, how did you think that now this house that's on the market, I'm assuming it like, how yeah. is that going to be a good deal? Cool. So, uh, yeah, it was on the MLS um, at the time. This is 2015. And guess what? The bubble was about to burst and you shouldn't <laughs> buy any properties. Yo. And, and, yeah. And, it literally you know, always is. Bad market. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty crazy back then. Yeah. Um, I guess the old saying is when's the best time to buy, you know, five years ago or today. Yesterday. Uh, yeah. Or today. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Yesterday was the best day. <laughs> yeah. So, no matter how you say it, it's true. You know, you're, it's going to be five years from now. So if you're out there looking, you're hearing this story, oh, it's not good to buy. Um, yeah, in five years, you're going to look back and say, damn, I wish I bought that. Yep. So yeah, 2015, the same story was going on uh, that we're here today. Um, 495 was this property. Um, that's what we purchased it for. It was listed at, I think, four or 510, something like that. Um, so we got them come down a little bit. Um yeah, just let me know. How do you want me to dive deep, deep into yeah, it? Yeah, so so it's listed for 510. You you negotiate down, and you're representing yourself at this point. You're your own agent. On um, this transaction, it was me and Darren. Okay. So uh, he guided me through. He got me, you know, showed me, awesome. you know, and everything like that. Was this your so, first uh, transaction then? Like that you didn't no. help anyone else or you had been helping people? It, I, I, I was helping people on a residential level, but this is... I have switching brokerages at that time. So this is my first deal with um, KW at the time. Okay. So so, so now listed for 510, got it for 490, 490 or 495? 495. And you estimated your mortgage payments, your principal interest, taxes and insurance. What was that number compared to what it's going to rent for? I'm assuming you guys were living in one unit to start? Yep. So, yep. so was it cash flowing while you lived there? You know, th those kind of things. Like, what was that thought process before you put the offer in? Okay. So, in, in our market, turnkey is possible. It's very rare. You can do it and, I guess, be all right. If you really want to be successful in this and really get what we call a cash cow or um, a very successful property that's getting a little bit cash flow, you got to be willing to do the work. Definitely. So, uh, this property, it was a gut. You know, um, we, we needed to get in there and uh, do some business, put some work into it. So uh, that's what we ended up doing. No tenants were there when we per when we purchased. So um, that was good. What we ended up doing is living on the floor and uh, actually acquiring a, a short-term tenant. Really nice guy. I'm still in contact with today. We always reach out to each other, especially on the holidays. He, he sends the text messages. Gentleman, he was living down there um, in the big, uh, just around the corner for work. It was super convenient. 
And uh, yeah, I was just renovating the second and third floor every night and getting it ready so uh, we can get tenants in there as soon as possible. This property, when we part purchased it, it was an illegal quad. So I always like to tell the story because it's super cool. If we kept it as an illegal quad, each unit would have rented for around probably 1300 per unit. So we ended up converting it back to a duplex and meaning we only need to worry about two tenants instead of four tenants. And we actually get more rent than uh, having it as an illegal quad. So wow. now we have a legal property getting more and only two tenants. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, worked out pretty cool in that aspect. And and so you're in North Jersey, which like to anyone who's not familiar, you know, it's the the overflow. There's a lot of money there of people now going to yes. the city every day to New York City. So that's like exactly. your main attraction. I remember Darren talking about that on his podcast like that. He was looking close to the bus stops. He was looking close to all that stuff where now you're putting a, a nice house in the suburbs, quick drive to, to the city. So like that's the people that you're marketing to and that you're trying to get on. And how, how was that? Was that pretty seamless? Was that it makes sense, you know, just talking about it, but in reality, did it, did it work out that way? Yeah. So, I mean, this location, literally the end of the street is a bus stop, which goes to either Newark Penn station. And then I believe another one that goes directly to New York city. And then in the center of town, there is a transit hub that is direct line transit, to New York city train and direct line bus. Wow. So uh, that was about, that's about a 13 minute walk from uh, the location to the property. So super convenient. In terms of getting it ready, what we end up doing, you know, you have to, you really want to cater to your market. We put the, we put the work in and we made it nice. You know, we did the recessed lights. We did the hardwood floors. We did some awesome things to make sure the unit was luxury. We made sure to put the washer and dryer in the unit instead of it being one in the basement where everyone would have to go down to the basement. Yep. Now we put it in each unit. So there, there's no need to see, you know, tenants need to pass each other or anything like that. Quartz countertops, new cabinets, updated all the bathrooms. This unit ended up being a four-bedroom, two-bath. What did that rented in about a year? What was that rehab like? What did that like when you did both units all together? What did that cost you at the end of the day after paying for? I don't know if you did contractors, if you did all the work yourself, but like, what was that grand total at the end? Gotcha. Little bit of both. So anything I need, you know, to be done by professionals like electric, plumbing. I had professionals come in and do that. A lot of the stuff I wanted to do myself just so I could learn it. You know, I never really did sheetrock before, so I did that myself. Um, obviously, more. Did, did you learn to n- not want to do that anymore? <laughs> sheetrock? Yeah, I don't know. Now, at this stage, <laughs> I do do some, like, because right now, you know, I, we're in a living fix and flip, so I still do a lot of the work myself, but it's more so like family projects. Yep. So, but it, it varies, you know, um, depending on, I guess, where I'm at, but. I am very busy now, so it's, it is a little bit difficult to do the work, but I still enjoy it because it is fun. It's kind of like uh, some people like to mow the grass because it's relaxing. Well, Absolutely. I like to put it in a bathroom because it's relaxing. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Um, yeah, what was that uh, at the end of the day? Would, uh, after paying for all that rehab, hiring out those contractors, putting in all those fancy floors and recessed lights, what, uh, what kind of grand total were you looking at there? What about 20000 and um, believe, believe it or not, that, that's on the low side. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's for just for the one unit, though. Okay. And then some things overlapped, you know, like heating systems and stuff. But still, we, we did those separate as well. So it was about 20000 grand total. Countertops, cabinets, heating system, plumbing, electric. And then, you know, the flooring, I got, you know, excuse me, paid cost on that. I installed myself. Nice. How did you, stuff like that. How did you and, finance it? So, you know, you this wasn't your first property. You couldn't take advantage of like the first time home buyer, but we're, you know, 15%, I think is down payment minimum for a duplex. duplex. Yeah. Is, is, did you do that? And then not, the, uh, not exactly. Okay. 15, the 15% that is like an urban legend myth and lenders talk about it. A lot of people in bigger pockets talk about it. I don't talk about it. <laughs> I did 10% <laughs> down and, uh, it, you're still able to do your owner-occupied financing on these deals right. because even though they, they call it first-time homebuyer loans, you're still able to have access to them as long as your previous property has enough equity or you don't own a previous property. 
So um, being that we sold our last residence, mm, uh, lending looked at sense. us as first-time home buyers. That makes sense. And um, at the time, it was a 10% down conventional loan. Wow, awesome. So right now, they still do things like that, but they, I, they don't call it 10% conventional. They have a different name to it, but uh, it runs the same way. I always love to recommend it to clients, anyone that qualifies. And this is one of the coolest aspects of this deal is the fact that we had our down payment, which was fifty thousand. Uh, we had PMI, which was about three fifty, three hundred a month. I forget exactly. Long story short, we dropped the PMI once we got an appraisal. So when we were done with the unit, the PMI dropped away because uh, we appraised with enough equity. But we essentially paid ourselves the money because we took out a home equity line of credit of eighty thousand dollars. So we got rid of the PMI, but replaced it with the HELOC, which essentially meant we were only in this deal for about 20K. Was that HELOC which you used to rehab the place? No, we ended up using that for our next property. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit more about the HELOC? I, like the specifics of it? You know, I, I've heard about it and I... Well, they're great because um, they typically are lower interest. Obviously, there's no taxes involved because that's already escrowed into your primary mortgage. So really, especially in New Jersey... It's eye-opening when you see how much money you get when there's no taxes involved. So it's like, you know, we're talking about like, I forget the number. It's somewhere, I think it's like 350 to 500, somewhere around there uh, that we pay every month. And it's a 20-year fixed rate. It's all incorporated into my mortgage right now. So that's why I don't know the number off the top of my head. But um, yeah, it's just dirt cheap in comparison to, you know, a loan on a property because taxes are involved or escrowed with, uh, you know, your insurances and everything. And it's like, damn. 90% of what you're paying is not, is not, is not the property. <laughs> Off the top of your head, what do you ballpark the taxes were for that place, for that $500,000 property? Very low. We, it's something we, we don't really like really to talk about because <laughs> we're always like, what's going on here? Um, we were kind of like, damn, uh, we were getting away lucky. We're not bringing the assessors in. We're happy. That's but awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. $8,200. Which is still like, you know, for for us, that's kind of like that's like close to what I'm paying for my small duplex. So that's that's yeah. awesome, man. Seriously? Yeah, and yeah. Quaker Town is where we're at. Is not super cheap. You're paying eighty two hundred. No, no, I, I'm paying like six. Six. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that, Still, no, that is. For, that, yeah. is my house yeah. is less than half of what that costs. That's crazy. Right. right. That is crazy. <laughs> so that's we that's awesome, man. Sam. We, yeah, we won't tell on you. Um, so four ninety five purchase price. Around twenty grand in rehab. What did it appraise as? That's the magic question. Eight hundred thousand. Wow! Wow! I I, I knew yep. that already because I remember you telling me. But that's just I did not know that. That's awesome. Unreal. <laughs> it's literally crazy. What were you guys expecting? Did were you thinking in that ballpark? Were oh my gosh, I almost crashed the car when my <laughs> I was like, whoa, we're 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 like okay, we gotta get over, we gotta get over seventy eight percent. Oh man, can we do it, please? And he's like, uh, you know, that, that, I think that put us around like six fifty or something. He's just like, oh yeah. So we got the appraisal back, and you guys are eight hundred thousand. We're like, oh, crap. no way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. So yeah, <laughs> like what the appraiser was just having a good day that day. Like you ran your own comps, you saw what things were going in the area. You're you're thinking, you know, six fifty is reasonable. What put it over the edge? Did you? I'm sure you didn't ask questions when they did it, but like, you know, what, what do you think, like looking well, back in hindsight, what was that thing that, that did it for you? Um, a couple of things. I, I walked through the property with the appraiser. Nice. Pointed out a lot of the, you know, everything I did. I made sure to say this is what we did here, you know, flooring, hardwood, everything's done, you know, and I, I mean, I even talked about, you know, what we put in, you know, I made sure you knew that these were cork countertops and that these were solid wood cabinets. Uh, so Looking back at it, I don't know if that helped or not. I'm sure it did. And I you're think, a nice yeah, guy. You know, people <laughs> being a nice yeah. guy definitely helps in that case. Exactly. And, and the place was completely uh, vacant at that point. So um, we didn't have it rented yet. Um, actually, no, it was in between rentals. So everything looked really nice, nice, cleaned up and everything like that. So it was good timing in that aspect. And then I guess, you know, going back to what you run the comps, you know, I wasn't really running much comps on it because there weren't many multifamilies in the area which I think also helped us big time because the town we are in 
I mean, it's literally, we're on the other side of the train tracks. It's like a regular town on the other side of the train tracks, but up the mountain on their side of the train tracks, it's like filthy rich, like $2 million, $3 million homes. I mean, like professional athletes. Oh, that's um, awesome. What a good market. Mm -hmm. So I think that played a huge part. And even more so, like when I got that appraisal done, there was still stuff I was doing in our unit. Like I put carpet in and I was like, okay, this is a mistake. I took it out. I put hardwood floors in. So I even bettered our unit since then. And this is two years ago now. So I mean. Wow. That's ooh. so cool. That's <laughs> so cool. So, okay. The value went up. You That's just su super cool. You put a, some sweat equity into it and yep. you're able to pull that. Now for long-term, you're holding it. What What's your expenses what's your cash flow how's how's this house producing for you your you know your first first one yeah so cash flow right now it's about 2k a month you know first floor unit is 2600 second floor is 2800 so we're you know we're in good shape there wow. our mortgage is 30 3400 something around there so and that's including the yeah, HELOC you took rough. as well right yeah oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. so that's all that's all on there yep that's, That's awesome. so cool. So you you were claiming residency there. How how long did you did you live there? One year? No, that one we we lived there for three years. Okay. Um, you know, just getting everything. Like I said, my wife was pregnant along the way. We were renovating. We for whatever reason we weren't really in much of a rush. Sure. And it worked out great because you know we got the equity in that context also. You know, uh, just appreciation helped. Right. So in in those three years, you weren't cash flowing. You were paying a much cheaper mortgage. You know, you're, oh, yeah. you're paying what a thousand dollars a month or less for or less, yeah. For mm -hmm. you know a twenty six hundred dollar apartment. That's uh, exactly. that's su that's super cool. Um, yeah, we were five hundred a month, and literally, I could be in the middle of Manhattan in under forty minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. And in a luxury apartment as well, from what you're describing it as. That's that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're all bigger pockets. You can check them out. <laughs> I, I saw you you I think you posted them on Facebook and I was like, you know, you said you made them nice and I was like, Yeah, like I make mine nice too. And then I like saw your your post on it and yeah. you did a very like exquisite job. Like these are like if you looked up a luxury apartment, like your apartment would come up. It is really that. Yeah. Really sharp. Um so so three years goes by, you're paying super cheap, you know, you're dealing with one tenant. How was that? How, did you have issues? Did you have a lot of turnover? I'm, I'm assuming once you get into that luxury level of tenants, a lot of problems go away. Am I right in assuming that? Yes, for the most part. Our first group of tenants ended up being college kids, which they're actually really good, but mm. they're at the local school and no one was giving them a chance. They had co-signers. They had everything. No way. And, yeah. And they just like, they're paying a fraction of the price by living in our rental. So it worked out great for them. And, you know, like I said, they had co-signers. So it worked out good. There was like one or two nights where, you know, they're getting- Hey, keep it down up there. <laughs> yeah. But they're always really cool about it. And at that point, we were actually living in the basement um, because the first floor unit had to walk out, you know, his living space. So there was that space gap too, where, you know, we, we like walked upstairs one night. We're like, wow, I think they're raving up there. And then you're like, we're going up. And then they, they're like, Uber pull up and they all run out. And I'm like, all right, they're out of here. That's awesome. <laughs> but other than that, they're actually really cool kids. Um, nice, nice guys. The next group of tenants, they're, they're there for three years, two years. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Three years. They were great. Moved out. And now we have, um, I guess middle of the crop, maybe uh, young young thirties professionals. Nice, that's awesome. Roommates, but they're, they're doing a good job. And the first floor is a couple nice people. Did you have any issues with all the like really expensive like upgrades you made to the place, or like did you do them pretty well when you did it the first time, and it was just low maintenance, or how did that work out? Yeah, I mean, if you do things right the first time, spend a little more money up front, less of a headache long term. Definitely. Yeah, that's really what I've been learning more and more. Anytime I could make things uh it really comes down the bang for the buck you don't go when you buy you know gold sink handles but you know you buy ones that are sturdy and they're gonna last um over that you know something from walmart you know or something like that so, absolutely yeah so so go, those traits along the way definitely and i guess like after all that you 
did it again, right? So it must have worked out the first time you <laughs> went back for seconds. How did that mm-hmm. uh, turn out? Was that another MLS deal for your, your second property? Yes. Uh, so second property was MLS. Um, I love this one because at this moment we closed on it and my fourth son was born. So, you know, we're, we're four kids and two dogs at this point. <laughs> and uh, this was the first one we acquired in. So that was new to us. You know, they, they're paying way below rent. So Did you have to no, serve no, any uh, lease terminations when you bought the place? Yeah. So they're on month to month. So, uh, you know, they'd be closed. I had my attorney send out letters saying, you know, we're asking to leave. Uh, they're pretty good about it. They left. Uh, you always do it two months out. That way yep. you have a full month notice. And then um, you have to do it at the first at the end of the month, you know, some wacky. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like 60 so days. It needs to be over 30 days, but yeah. you do it two months to make sure everything's coming type of deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got we got into that one. And at that point, we had, you know, I already put in two kitchens myself. Um, so I went to town um, in that unit. We were on the second floor this time. So um, that was a little different for us. We were, we were like, shit, this is going to be scary. How are we, we going to do this on uh, second floor with four kids? But, uh, you, you find a way and that's a, such a message. Anyone listening, you will find a way. Just don't limit yourself to what you can't do. You, if you put yourself in the middle of the woods, you'll freaking survive. You know, you'll find a way. Um, and that's what it is. We we're just like, you know, we we're scared at it at first, but we got into that second level, um, you know, walking up and down with the kids, the kids walked up the steps, we thought they're going to be tripping and falling. It all worked out fine. We ended up getting it done. But yeah, we, we went in there, went to town, renovated the place super fast. And uh, within about a month and a half, two months later, we were moved in. At that moment, the lower level units, uh, you know, they were moving out. So I kind of stopped renovations on that second floor and uh, fully focused on the first floor because same story. We had to get it rented as soon as possible. So, you know, we're maximizing our return. Definitely. Work down there. And you said you did it really fast. So you had to have hired some help for that process as well. Like, did you have any bad experience hiring other people to do work for you? Not really. Um, you know, I had like a handyman that was a little sketchy, but I mean, he got the job done. That's all that matters. I love sketchy. Um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of a funny story looking back at it. You know, I think he was on drugs or something. About <laughs> but, you know, you Paints know, the line straight. Yeah. He wasn't there. When the family was around, so <laughs> were you still um, were you still flooring at this point, or at now were you getting more into real estate? So along this whole journey, I'm still doing real estate part time as an agent, helping clients along the way, stuff like that. Friends, excuse me, friends and family. But I'm still a full time project manager for the company. Oh, today, and, uh, today you still are. No, 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 no. During oh, this process, okay, yeah, during the, the process there, I was a uh, full time. For project management and um yeah so i mean same story and you know, i'm still working long hours but uh that's always the little i guess caveat to all this the multi-families is i like to make that comment of i love multi-families with a family because my commute home every night was literally walking up the steps yep so i, I didn't have to go to some fix and flip you know 10 towns over or you know in another city or somewhere else or uh, even renovating a duplex while we're in our single family. I literally, I'd get home, you know, four o'clock or whatever in the afternoon, see everyone, kids would go to sleep, run upstairs, get stuff done. You know, the weekends, they they would come up and help. I kid you not. Kids want Free to labor, man. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, for real, like, they love sweeping up stuff or, like, taking out some of the, you know, small garbage, any little odds and ends. I mean, I've got pictures. I'll be posting some next week on my Instagram of my son painting the fireplace. He is doing a kick-ass job. He That's doing awesome. A job. So, you know, we just, any way, any possible way could we incorporate the family? And then looking back at it, they've got so many memories. They loved it, the kids. We have so many memories. I mean, we go through our phones almost on a weekly basis. We're like, oh my gosh, you remember that? That's one of my favorite things to do. That's what a lot of my Instagram posts are. They're all from like, I just go a year ago, I'll see what I was doing. Two years ago, I'll see what I was doing. Three years ago and so on. And it's just, I'm always, we're always doing something, renovating something in the house. And I just make a story out of it. And um, that's kind of where I'm at today. You know, a lot of the clients I get are just from the story that we told. So um, yeah, I would say that. we're it, it. That's such a, 
a cool thought because you said earlier how like you know it everyone says you know do this before you have kids kind of thing that's how i've been trying to do it like i'm trying to do this get get as many properties as i can before i have kids but like the cool thing about your story is that like you have pictures and memories and your kids have these memories of now like no i built this with dad like i i remember you know, the first time that I had to, you know, sweep up and paint the fireplace and like do those little things as a kid, like anything's possible. And like by you, like instilling that at such a young age is like just awesome. Like I, I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe we'll do, you know, something. Change up your strategy, change your timeline up strategy. a little bit. <laughs> or just like think about it differently because like I, I wanted that this process to be kind of like done and like these endless nights and super long hours to be you know, out of the way, but to be able to like do one with, with your kid, like really actually like incorporating them into the, into the project would just be like, cool. Cause like I'd be, you know, I'm trying to do all this stuff and then become financially independent and find my passion later on and, you know, do all that. But like, that's something to share right now. It's something that you can have a lot of experiences with. I like the strategy you picked, like the timeline of like, for me personally, when I picked up this duplex, I wanted to get the tenant unit done first and then get that rented out so i can start getting income as soon as possible but in your situation since you had the family you needed to get your place done asap to get moved in and then you had that super short commute where i was driving 20 minutes there 20 minutes back every single day so that's a different strategy of doing the exact same thing just maybe bumping up a month and yeah that's that's a cool idea you know having that sharing that experience with your whole family instead of just keeping it and dealing with that all that wasted time of driving And it's still the same idea too, you know, like we wanted to get into that unit, you know, property number two, because we want to have property number one fully rented. Absolutely. So there, that was really the idea behind that. And then exactly like you're saying, now we're here, we're together. I mean, it was literally like I walked down the steps, get stuff done, walk up the steps. Hey, everyone, you know, or I bring everyone down and have a party. So (laughs) are you guys currently in number two right now? No. Okay. I didn't so think I, so. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like in my head, like, wait, I thought he did. All right. So Dude, we got fast. We got fast at this. <laughs> I know. That's so awesome. But the, um, so, you know, fast forwarding some, the, how, how's this property performing? What, what'd you buy it for? What's the monthly? How's it cash flowing? Property, the second property. Okay. So that, this one's really cool in the context of that unit that was, undervalued and everything. I actually just posted about this on my Instagram, uh, how to beat Zillow, because look, I'm not a big fan of Zillow, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think any realtors are. No. Um, but even if you're not a realtor, you gotta be careful because it does not add up. Um, they had this place, their Zestimate is like 1900. The tenants were paying 1600 um, that were there. You know, they left and everything, re-renovated the place. We haven't rented right now for $24.50. So nice. we're $500 more than what Zillow's estimating it at. And, um, you know, what is that? A $900 increase yeah. um, in rent, $800, $850, something like that. So, um, yeah. Um, what was cool about that one, though, is, and this is like the trick of North Jersey, is finding the hidden gems, making a property into something else. When we walked in, like, I remember just walking in, like, my eyes lit up. I got the time my wife's pregnant, so she's like, you know, it's tough to move around. And she's still chugging like a champ, going through all these properties and everything. And I remember like looking at him, like, look at the size of that pantry. This place had the biggest pantry, <laughs> two bedroom, one that had a walk-in pantry with a window. Wow. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? So you know, we turned it into a half bath, chiching, you know, yeah. raised the rent there. They had a sunroom. This thing was, it wasn't, it's not the biggest room, but it's a room that we made it into a bedroom. Yeah. So now it's a three bedroom, one and a half bath. Oh the family gosh. has their full bath. They have guests over. They have a half bath for their guests to go to. Like you can't beat that. Yeah. So that's how you, that's how you do it um, in our market. And in the same, the second level, uh, the gentleman that was living up there, um, him and his father ended up building the house in the forties. Um, and so he, he was, he'd been the same owner for, and he's been the same family for wow. like eight years or something. But yeah, he, he was living up there his whole life. And it, and it was once again, an illegal triplex zoned as a duplex. So. <laughs> Is that pretty common in Jersey? 
Yeah, I, yeah, for us it was, but yeah, it's a <laughs> lot of crazy stuff like that. People, I don't know, they, they, it's just different mentality. I think people don't want to put the work in. They had a property for so long. Maybe they're sick of it. They just keep renting it out on on routine. They're just doing what they're comfortable with. Where it's like, you know, if you just spent a little bit of money, you know, in some cases only twenty k or something like that, you can literally have such a smooth rental property with no hassle that you can almost gift to your family members with a system in place. But said people want to have illegal triplexes, illegal basement bedrooms, and not our strategy. Um, it works for some people, and you know, I've got clients that do it. To a certain extent, you know, I don't ever recommend anything illegal, but um, illegal activity know. is illegal, so you know, don't yeah, do exactly. I'll shut my eyes and you do what you want, but I'm not recommending it. But yeah, so with this one, we made that third floor, I guess it was kind of like his little suite, we made it into a luxury loft. Oh, wow. So, uh, washer and dryer, same thing, both units, made sure the washer and dryers were no longer in the basement, we put them into each unit. That's a huge part of making a luxury rental. Um, so yeah, we put the washer and dryer upstairs. We made it into you know a big barn door for um, the, the master bedroom. It has its own private bathroom and nice little hangout area. So during that process, my brother-in-law was living up there, so he was like my extra hand. So that's sweet. Good in that aspect, but uh, we ended up converting that third level into part of the second floor. So it became one massive four-bedroom, two-bath. Nice. And what's that renting for? Twenty eight hundred. Wow. Nice. So, yeah, that's yeah. some cash flow. <laughs> and, and that what, one is a block what, away from the screen. Hell yeah. Uh, or from the bus, my problems. That's awesome. So so what's that? Fifty four fifty two hundred? And what did you what'd you buy the place for? Five twenty five. Okay. So that's the that's your one percent rule, pretty much to a T. Yeah. And that's Yeah. You know, but we, that, we hit we hit one percent. Yeah. That's awesome. And so now, you know, going forward, how long did you guys stay at this place? Only a year. One year. Another year. And then mm-hmm. that brought you to where you're at currently? Yep. So what's the story with, with this final property? Oh, man, it's never going to be a final property. Right. Um, <laughs> this is just it's a live-in fix. Awesome. Um, so um, we, we wanted to get our kids settled with school and everything like that. Cash flow is now paying for the mortgage here. Yep. So um, we bought a property that we could, we found value that we could add to it. Um, definitely some major updating and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the standard hardwood flooring, new kitchens, um, all that kind of stuff. And it's just a really awesome property. So we love the property, but will it be our forever home? I don't know. We're definitely going to have equity into it in it. That'll be more of an assessment thing come uh, next year when we'll be in here for two years if we, if we do decide to sell. But my guess is we probably won't. I think with where we'll be at, we'll probably just be purchasing a multifamily elsewhere. Would it make sense at all with this property to to rent or no? Probably not. Okay. No, single families are so tough to rent. Sure. And especially what we purchased it at, this is more so equity long play. Um, I mean, what we really want to do is put additions on and really dive deep into that aspect of things. Awesome. No, so now now you're a full-time agent. That that was like the next thing after we talked about yeah. your deals. We wanted to just kind of dive in because you're, you know, killing it with your branding. Like I always see your presence on Facebook and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, like if I was in North Jersey, yeah. like Sean's the guy. So how did how did that you you know, you're part time, you're you're doing your your flooring thing, you're working part-time as a agent you're starting to build your clients like was the transition a hard one was it an easy one was it like uh, i just already have these clients and i don't have the time because of my job i'm gonna quit my job or was it like i'm tired of my job i'm gonna you know spruce this up yeah so with the job a little backtracking on that it's part it's a family company so my wife has ownership in the company and going back to the whole real estate investing thing, um, our first property, or I mean, our first investment property, got a crap ton of equity in it. So we actually put that up as collateral to the business. Um, so my wife really focuses on that. I still help out with sales in that capacity, but I have things systematized in a way where I really can be full-time real estate and make sure that my clients are getting the attention they deserve. So being that it's sales on both ends, 
it, it, it just intertwines nicely where I'm definitely getting everything I need to get done to the fullest capacity. If anyone asks, yeah, I'm a full-time realtor, definitely, um, because I'm confident in how I'm, yeah. you know, giving did, up to my clients. Did, um, I, did I hear correctly that your, your wife is now an agent as well? Yes. So, well, she's in the process of getting her license. So she just has to get the test and everything going on, uh, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, she's part of the journey. So uh, that's awesome. It's great. You know, I'm super excited. Mm. It's just, uh, especially with what's going on with the XP and everything, very low cap. So it makes sense for her. We'd be essentially one agent sharing everything. So it's really nice in that capacity. Oh, that is cool. So, so you guys have, is, would she be on your team? Or is it like, um, uh, yeah, she's a, we're, we're technically a couple. Oh, so that's how it's that, looked at. So we're dude, a shared cat. That's wow. really cool. Do, do other, uh, real estate companies do that? Some do, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, normally not as favorable. Yeah. I would, you know, I, for me, I'm pretty sure this is one of the more, more favorable. Everything tends to be more favorable with us. It's just, uh, you know, that, that's why I'm at this company because, yeah, it's just an amazing place to be. Right. So, um, but I can't, I can't say yes or no what other companies are doing. Yeah, um, there's so many out there. So, so like a little backstory about how me and Sean met. We're I'm on Bigger Pockets. There's like a, a post about does it make sense to to get your license and be be an agent? And I'm like, well, yep. you don't have to be an electrician to do some electrical work. You, you know, you know, you don't have to be a painter to paint your house like you don't need to be those things to be a landlord and like you don't need to have your real estate license to be a landlord but it's one of those tools that like you can use to your benefit and i you know i posted that and you reached out to me and you're like jake cool story man like you want to talk on the phone and i was like yeah it's like sure <laughs> and um you know we had talked about that i was with keller williams and then it was expensive and i was really only wanted it for myself at that point like i was what i was doing like i i, I think i did two deals with my license active and then i did like two referrals cuz i switched cuz it was cheaper and and then we talked and you're like dude exp is actually super cheap to get on board so like for anyone who's listening and wants to is thinking about getting their real estate license because I know a couple are because they've been reaching out to us, you know, and I've been preaching that EXP is probably the best place for hanging your license if you're, even if you're just starting, like if, if you're just, you, you don't want to be a full-time agent, which like at this point I don't, and like you get 100% on your commissions for your personal properties. So that's like not the same at a lot of places and you can do three a year. The the split then yep. is eighty twenty for all the other deals, which yep. you know if if you went on to Keller Williams right now, brand new, no deals behind your belt, you're looking at maybe fifty percent. If you go on a team, even lower and for the, a deal. The prices yeah. every year as well aren't they way lower than say like way lower other more popular like companies out there? Yeah, the sign on fee was like a hundred dollars or yeah. one hundred fifty. I forget what it was, but then like monthly, it's like eighty bucks. Wow. Where like Keller Williams was like double that at least and like charging me for my voicemail box at the office that I don't go to. Like it was like crazy. Like there was like fees for everything. And, exactly. and you know, Sean made this sale to me and, and then he's like, you know, talking about the, the incentives, like why he's reaching out to strangers on bigger pockets about like coming over. And it, like, it makes a lot of sense. Like you, you form this tier system where now every person that you bring on every sale that they do you're seeing a little profit sharing. The person who recommended you is seeing even more proper sh profit sharing. Like the way that it's set up, it's like encouraging everyone to just keep helping everyone else get more people in because it just makes the most sense. It's brick and mortar. Exactly. It's it's not it's not brick and mortar. It's all online, which like that's all anyone's doing right now, and like they're just killing it. Like, do you they, have your own office, Sean, to meet clients at, or how do you how does that work with you? Right here. That's awesome. <laughs> so what's awesome, one of the biggest misconceptions about EXP Realty is that you don't get an office, but uh, you actually do. Uh, we get Regis memberships, so that's super cool. Um, there's Regis locations all around the world. Um, there's one super close to me. I still don't go. When I was at KW, when I was at another company prior, I never met anyone in my office. I either met them at a local coffee shop, at the house, 
now I just do Zoom calls, which is so cool. Yep. I have clients, you know, every day on Zoom, get to meet them there. And then, you know, it's really comfortable when we see face-to-face at a house. So, yeah, I mean, the office, some people want it. That's fine. It is there if yeah. you need it. But uh, I do not, per se, have a brick-and-mortar office that I actually go to. Yeah, and, like, the, with really that cool. membership, like, you can have the conference room. You can They have, like, scanners and printers and, like, Things that tools that like you might not have starting out that now this resource allows you to to still have it. And, you know, you got to drive there, but you'd have to drive to the store. So it's it was an easy sale to me, but it just makes the most sense for anyone that's considering. That's a Sean. Sean's been we're, we're working together on like setting up those meetings and like with and Sean will be there. Like Sean's gonna because he brought me on. He the guy above him brought him on like everyone's eating from it so it's all like we just keep helping each other grow and grow and Sean gets more of a percentage on someone that I recommend so he has this incentive to make me bring someone else on and it just it works so well so it's yeah. Sean's not not like oh no like make sure I sent you he's like no make sure Jake sent you so it's just <laughs> it's it's cool it's like it's i i think it just makes yeah is it similar to how other companies more like more like long-term companies like say keller williams or something how they're set up that's a great question and uh believe it or not the model is actually taken from keller williams you know they did not trademark it it's not like we stole it or anything um it's a mo- model that they implemented the biggest difference is what they implemented is called profit sharing what we implement is called revenue share so uh, the biggest difference with that is profit sharing. That number can be skewed. Absolutely. You can adjust the profits. Like let's say you have an office and uh, maybe uh, the printer breaks down. You know, printers aren't cheap. But, uh, Do a little Hollywood accounting. 100K at the end yep. of the month. Well, yep. Yeah, exactly. So we're going we're gonna to buy a new printer or, you know, a lot of sketchy kind of crazy stuff. So now all of a sudden that big profit at the end of the month is not so big anymore. Revenue share, on the other hand, is fixed. It's a calculatable number. So, um, you know, you can really track it and determine what it's going to be where I know people in this company that, that know what the revenue share number is next month. And it's jaw dropping, um, absolutely inspiring. And these are numbers where it's like, Whoa, that's a, that's a hefty amount of cash. Um, you know, some, some big time stuff. So, the sky's the limits here. It really is. And that's kind of like what I love about it. Like I came from an investment background. We're investors here. We book the numbers. If you analyze this company and one of my coaches, um, Hank, I think he was great. He was a wonderful coach of mine. Uh, he puts it in this perspective of math versus drama. If you do the math around what EXP is offering, I mean, it makes sense. Um, a lot of people are like, you know, I love my brokerage. I, Susie's great in the office. Um, John is like the best broker. He's so nice. He, he gets me like chocolate every time I bring an agent on. Right. That's drama. <laughs> That's drama. If you care about your family, if you care about the agents you're with, if you want, if you really care about their future, and this isn't a greed thing. I'm not saying that all the money I make at EXP, I'm buying a luxury yacht with and sailing around the world. You have to realize you can choose to do whatever you want with it. You know, you're making percentages. I mean, there's people that, you know, you can work a 100% commission year round. There's people doing it. Or you get to your cap where you're 100% commission. There's agencies that don't even offer that. They're, their best they get to is a 90-10 split. And it's like, just imagine if you had that 100% and people, oh, I'm not a greedy person. Okay. Well, imagine you had that 100% commission and you donated 10% of it to a local charity. That's not being greedy, is sure. it? And and that was another big like <laughs> selling point to Absolutely. me because it was like that aside like the you know the numbers just make the most sense at EXP with the, that's just that's separate the the main thing that was like or no that's the main thing the other thing was that <laughs> you know it you know I don't want to at this point and I'm I'm looking to to hopefully in the future I want to start working strictly with investors and focusing my license yeah. in that direction. And I, I can't wait to do that and help more people find their dreams. But like the whole reason I'm investing, the whole yeah. reason I'm doing, you know, buying these properties, taking the risk, you know, doing all this stuff is for the passive income, for that ability to be financially independent. And through this 
system yep. and through this model, you know, I could focus instead of focusing my energy on selling houses, I can focus my energy on talking to people who are also agents, also looking to become agents and get them on board through this process and like the off of their deals that yep. they make or the people that they refer off the deals that they make or the people that they refer the deals that they make like is just creating passive income. I mean, especially with like the the hole that was blown into standard real estate agent business, like their core business was the same model that Keller Williams has been using for years. Now all of a sudden you can't talk to anybody in person anymore and you got to do everything over Zoom, have 3D tours of houses where people don't want people actually coming in their houses. And now all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, why am I paying so much money for this building I'm not allowed to go to anymore when I could just sign up for an entirely virtual business plan and have the number just dialed down extremely because there's not all those unneeded costs anymore, have a clear cut, no Hollywood accounting revenue share program. So it's all clear cut. You know, there's no real question marks or there's nothing hiding behind a curtain. You know, you get a incentive to bring more people on to the company with the getting a cut of their sales. That just makes sense. You know, even just getting current real estate agents onto the company. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's clear as day for that. You know, as all like taxi drivers are getting replaced by Uber, it's just the way things go, you know, it's just and the next step. EXP was first in line. Like the, the EXP had these systems in place before it was yeah. a necessity. So yeah. it was like, I'm, I'm now just getting familiar with all the tools and like the world and, you know, all the different, you know, stuff that EXP has that Keller Williams or, you know, any other company didn't have that like, wow, this makes doing this stuff online way easier. So like, that's what you're forced to do is do it online. This is the easiest place to do it because they have the infrastructure there. And like, it's a little more technical though, as well, for sure. Having to deal with everything on a computer instead of like shaking hands at the coffee shop, you know, signing papers. I'm sure you'd still do that, of course, but like with Zoom adding on to it, I'm sure there's a lot of old, old school realtors who have never touched a computer in their life and have their, you know, secretaries and everything do yeah. everything for them, print their emails for them to read. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but whatever. You, you know, they want to do that. That's fine. All I can say is this. Go back to our second investment property, how I got that property. My wife and I were in New Orleans. I closed on it. All right. I got the offer accepted while we were in our hotel room. And I did the paperwork for the listing agent <laughs> because awesome. he had to go back to his shop to scan something. I was like, no, no dude, I'll do it right here. We opened up my computer. I did DocuSign yep. on our sky slope. It was so cool. <laughs> so I'm like, as a client, you know, when I work with clients, that's what I bring to the table. I can give offers on the spot. And it's like, well, if you're a client, well, why do I care about your revenue share and the stock? We didn't get into the stock. Well, how much more focus do you think I have for you knowing that I'm not here to worry about like, oh, I have to get this next deal done. I have to get this next deal done to survive. You know, it's a no pressure mentality here where it's like, you're not in that constant like, oh, I got I to gotta close on this client. I got to close to pay for the, you know, the groceries or whatever it is. So there's so much going on here. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I would say if anyone's ever interested in learning more about it, reach out to Jacob, reach out to myself. More than happy to freaking help you guys along the way because it's so cool. And look, even if you're a newer investor and you're considering getting your license, I mean, I got we got solutions for that. More than happy to have that conversation and talk about it because it really, uh, all I say for me is our my closing costs, they're free via commission. You know, you get a $13,000 check my closing costs were between nine and 10 K in New Jersey. So that's pretty cool. You know, knowing that you don't have to pay for your closing costs. Yeah. That's one thing not too many people talk about when they do these deals. Like, Oh, I did 15% down. Yeah. Plus $13,000 in closing costs. You know, that's a, that's a chunk of change yeah. right there. But yeah, so that, that's, that's really cool. And, I like I like how that yeah right I like the technology though is taken over and I don't see this going anywhere but up you know in the future it's just going to get more efficient they're going to have more infrastructure set up to work with people remotely and um, I know like say on bigger pockets they said that the real estate game is expanding so that with this you know change to going remote with DocuSign and Zoom you know you don't need to really like be in a specific area anymore to sell somebody a house somewhere else. You know, it helps to be able to know the place and walk through it, of course, but it's going to expand the, the borders yeah. a little bit there for sure. So that's Caleb's really cool going to be getting his license pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, right? I'm going to have to because <laughs> the money I'm <laughs> giving to the agents Come is on, crazy. Buddy. Come on. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'll so. really go on in. 
<laughs> Sean, I want to thank you again for for giving us your time and I wanted to, you know, final closing for anyone who's like thinking about investing, thinking about getting their real estate license, like what's like, you know, any couple little pieces of advice that you have like any books, any, you know, resources, any you know, just tips in general that might be helpful that you maybe wish you knew about? Sure. I mean, bare pockets is what you make of it. Um, I got on there every day. I committed to things. I Commitment is huge. Just commit to something. If you commit to anything in life, it doesn't have to be real estate, whatever you want, you're going to get results if you stay at it. Uh, for me, I stayed that commitment to um, bigger pockets. Through bigger pockets, you know, I remember hearing Brandon Turner and all the guys on there were always saying you want to educate yourself. So then I committed to audiobooks, to reading books. Um, you know, Tony Robbins type stuff has been a huge influence in my life. Um, Best the books. The Obstacle is the Way by, what's that? Best books. What are, you, what are your top three books? Yeah, my top three books. Oh, man, it was Obstacle is the Way is huge. That was absolutely huge. I was listening to it on repeat every night just to get in the mental zone to do this. And then I'd go put it on again just to listen while I'd be renovating the units. So prior to the units, when I was installing floors, I was listening to this book. Huge, absolutely huge. Um, compound effect and 1% rule, they kind of go hand in hand, like the same ideology. Absolutely great books. You know, 1% increase every single day for a year. You're 30 times greater. That's a big takeaway from absolutely. the 1% rule. Yep. Great book. You know, so it's like, to stay at it, whatever it is you're doing, stay at it. Um, another great one I was introduced to recently was The Infinite Game. Um, absolutely great book. You know, don't worry about tomorrow necessarily. Like, where are you? Where are your plays? What are you doing? Are you like, are you doing something right now that where you want to get a return tomorrow, or you want to do something maybe you know you don't see much of a return for the next year or two, but three, four, five years down the road, you're raking it in, you know, or whatever it is, or you're, you're in a comfortable spot. That's kind of what it is with real estate. You know, anyone look on edge is looking to get their license and they want to be successful as a realtor. It's not overnight. You don't just come in like I'm a realtor and everyone just walks <laughs> to you. You have to work at it. You have to go at it. Absolutely. Um, so you want to get that mentality uh, infinite game where, you know, you're playing the long, the long run. You don't want to get a bad client. Like one bad client, like you do. And what I mean by that is you make a bad client by not doing your job. That one client can really ruin you. But you make one amazing client, that one client can set you up for a very long time. So, I mean, you got to play that game where you're not just going to go get a deal done to get a deal done. You know, you want to make sure your clients are happy and everyone's winning at the end of the day because, um, you know, yeah, you're I playing the long game here. So I just wrote both of them down. Like I searched them or I, I knew the, the compound effect of 1%. Um, the the infinite game simon sinek he he did a uh like a ted talk or something that i've probably listened to 10 times <laughs> like i'm not even kidding like he, he awesome, i didn't yeah. even know he he wrote books He's great. so that's uh definitely going to be probably i'm going to start listening to it tonight on my way home from caleb's house <laughs> nice so yeah no yeah. there you go thank you yeah man. dude hey that's another advice man anytime you can listen to an audiobook Turn off the radio, listen to the audiobook. Yep, yep. I love that one. Yep. When I was going to work, audiobook. So. Yep. And it, when you're Great working from home, too, I'm sure you work from home now primarily, correct? You're all work from home now because like that's what i got changed with a pandemic yeah. i got switched to 100 percent work from home and you lose that commute and like all of a sudden that's two and a half hours at least for me of books yeah. that just deleted so you have to have like an active like mindset towards to create that time again to either read or listen to books because yeah for i'm sure a lot of people now are working from home every and, night yep it's really important to you know keep make that time because otherwise right. you're not going to just find it during the day <laughs> yeah 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 i kind of do a little morning ritual i'm up at about 5 five thirty every morning and i'll start with the same little like youtube video and then right after that What's we'll the YouTube go, video? Uh, an audiobook for 30, 40 minutes. What's the YouTube video? Um, another great one. Um, yeah, uh, a great one by um by my coach Hank. Uh, it's motivational. I, I always forget what it is. I type it into uh by YouTube. Um, Every day. It's motivational. <laughs> oh, crap! I'm looking at the wrong one. 
<laughs> it's got to be super important if you <laughs> listen to it every morning. Yeah, I really want to know what it is. It, it, I, I, unbroken motivational. <laughs> it pops up. So I listen to that. And then normally there's one that comes on after it. That's really cool too. And uh, I just get in the zone. I just do my, my real estate stuff that, you know, I'm at 530 in the morning, just whether it's send out cards, the clients or, uh, you know, just getting stuff done. So I'm up at it early, but get that mental mindset is so huge. Everything you do is mental. It, yeah, it's just absolutely. a mental game. 100%. So I got one last question for you from myself. We kind of waited till the end for this one, but um, I don't know if you read Tim Ferriss's book, Tribe of Mentors. One of the questions really kind of stuck out, stuck out to both of us, and we had a whole podcast on it, so we like to ask our guests this as well. And what is your, if you can remember any, your favorite failure that you've had in life? Um, I guess it depends on how big or how small. Um, I mean, that, that first property, it, it, it really was life-changing for us. It made zero sense, um, but we're so, so grateful for it. I mean, these things could have panned out. Oh, geez, I can go into the next one. Like, you know, we, we had offers in on multifamilies that even in that context did not make sense. And the fact that we found the properties that we ended up finding, um, absolutely grateful for it. But, um, oh, dude, I, I would, would probably say um, definitely that first property, making that mistake. Because if it happened some other way, I mean, where we found maybe a property we liked a lot more, maybe we wouldn't be here right now. Exactly, or yeah. It, it just fell into place in the in like the perfect way where we actually hated it and we couldn't live there anymore. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's perfect. Yeah, that's, I mean, getting that start, like you did walk away with money in the bank, you know, it wasn't, you know, who knows if it was a profit, but it was money in the bank. So, you know, you, you, you definitely didn't lose all yeah. the skin in the game. So that's, that's really cool. So, mm -hmm. All right, man. Now, again, thank you. Thank you for setting aside some time tonight for us and you yeah, know, really sharing everything you shared with us. It's super cool. And I think people listening will, will really appreciate it. So stay yourself, man. Yeah. You're <laughs> the man. You Yep, and you'll probably be hearing from me soon. I'm going to want to know some more right. about EXP, so keep your ears out for it. <laughs> Definitely, man. Hey, by all means, we'll have that conversation. Uh, anyone out there, please reach out to Jacob. Please reach out to myself. We're happy to have that conversation. We we're professional with it, man. We we will get you uh, we'll get you everything you want to know. It's life changing. Absolutely. Where can people find you? Instagram or Facebook. Instagram is definitely more my investment side of things. Facebook is more like my local, you know, family stuff. But uh, Instagram, it's uh, Sean Sells N J R E. Awesome. New Jersey Real Estate. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Sean. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Cool guys. See. Pleasure. For Have sure. a good one. You too.